Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Well, today's a special day. It's Tuesday. And on the Employment Matter podcast, that means Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in our members from all around the world who share with us important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're going to be learning more about doing business in Angola. I'm pleased to welcome the show Nuno Govia, a partner at Miranda Alliance and representing Fatima Freitas y Asociados. Nuno, so happy to have you in our conversation today. How are you? Everything's fine, Pete. Glad to be here. So let's get started right at the top. We always open up our programs with a general overview of each jurisdiction. And while many of us might be able to pick Angola off the map, we probably don't know a lot about the jurisdiction. So Nuno, if you can give us a general overview, tell us about the economy, the population, maybe some demographic information, that'd be a great way to get started. Okay, thank you, Pete. Well, Angola is located, as you said, in West Africa. It has land borders with Namibia in the south, Democratic Republic of Congo to the north, and Zambia to the east. The country also have an exclave province named Cabinda, which has land borders with the two Congos. Well, Angola has a total population of roughly 25 million people. The official language is Portuguese. It has eight other national languages recognized by law. It has a GDP of more or less $200 billion and a per capita GDP of $7,000 per year. The official currency is Kwanzaa, and the characterization of the legal system, well, Angola is a presidential constitutional and civil law legal system and basically follows the civil law type of legal system. In terms of population, population lives mainly, the most populous province is the capital, Rwanda, and the remaining population lives throughout, throughout the country, which has an area for you to have it as a comparison, Angola is one, is one of the biggest countries in the West Africa region of the continent. Interesting. So let's talk about industry. And, you know, it, it's really interesting. When you move to different regions of the world, you find some of the industries are very similar and some are very unique to those jurisdictions specifically. So tell us, what are the key industries in Angola? Well, the Angolan economy, and despite the, the dimension of the country, the economy is mainly based in the extractive industries. So we have the main portion of the economy is driven by oil and gas, conventional oil and gas production. Then you have mining industry, which basically is comprised of diamonds extraction. However, the base metal type of mining industry is now currently being developed at a very high speed. The remaining active population is indeed engaged in agricultural and subsisting activities. And the portion of the population that is engaged in services in industry, I would say comprise, I would say like 25% of the active population. So that's, in a nutshell, this is how the industry and the economy is, is, is divided. Well, you know, I know from the ELA, we have lots of lawyers around the world, and many of those lawyers have offices all over the place. And I was surprised to learn that your Angola office also had an office in Texas and that there's an interaction between West Africa and all around the world. And it's this oil and gas business that really drives things together. So it sounds like, you know, there are companies employing in Angola from other parts of the world and vice versa. Let's talk about a subject that's always important to our listeners is let's say I want to employ locally in that country. So I'm a Texas-based oil refinery company and I want to open up operations in Angola what are some of the key labor and employment issues that I'm going to need to address when I come to that country? Well, I would say that the main point that companies and when investing in Angola need to consider is 
denationalization principle, what we call angularization, which basically for you to be able to hire an employee in Angola, 70% of your workforce needs to comprise national employees. And you are only able to carry out international hiring, meaning hiring of expatriates for the remaining 30% of your workforce. Alongside with this, you have a necessary mandatory application of local laws, meaning Angolan law is applicable to all employment relationships in the country. And this attracts not only the entitlements of the law, protections that the law affords to all employees, and also the application of the mandatory local income taxation and social security. So when hiring people, this is perhaps the first topics to consider when planning international mobility to Angola. So let's talk about the climate then as it relates to employee versus business. And a lot of our countries, you know, have a lot of import, a lot of inbound business. They try to attract it with tax incentives or import and tariff reductions. But then again, the local market really focuses on the rights of the employee and how do we create a stable workforce? How do we keep employees in our country and make it an attractive place to work? So in Angola, if we looked at it on a scale of one side would tip pro-business and the other side would tip pro-employee, where is Angola in that balance? Well, I would say in the medium term, however, more more employer-friendly. So in a nutshell, the general labor law, which is the main statute regulating employment relationships in the country, still considers as the typical way to create an employment relationship to be a permanent contract. The law still provides for just cause of termination. You have mandatory entitlements of employees in case of redundancies. So there is still a, a large set of protections and, and guarantees that is afforded by law to employees. That said, Angola labor law provides for very flexible way to hire fixed-term employees, meaning you have long-term fixed-term hiring between the five up to 10 years, depending on the type of, of company. You have a large set of flexibility in hire top managerial and leadership people, where we can literally terminate an employee by a means of a notice period. You have lots of flexible rules on variation of workplace, variation of or functions of an employee. And so this generates a flexibility in the handling of relationships that is quite pronounced in this legislation. And this is why I say it is more employer-friendly. However, I must also say another thing is that currently there is in Parliament an amendment process of the main general labor law. And the first draft is clearly much more employee-friendly. So in the near future, we can have a change in certain elements of regulation. However, as it is today, it is a quite flexible legal system employment-wise and more employee-friendly as a general guided point. So we've talked about hiring employees and the balance between the nationals and the expats that may come in. Let's talk about traveling in that area of the world. You know, What are the prospects for business opportunities traveling within the region or in and out of Angola? Talk about maybe the immigration standards. Is it easy to get in there? Is it difficult? Do we have any special programs we want to share? Sure. Well, Angola has visa waivers with a very limited number of countries. So we're talking about countries like South Africa and Namibia, a special regime in the border with the, with the Democratic Republic of Congo. There is currently a visa on arrival system, which is subject to uh, stringent requirements under the law, but it is 
uh, and course are being implemented. However, to provide work, there is a huge degree of control due to the nationalization piece. So you have indeed an agreement with the Portuguese-speaking countries, what we call the mobility agreement, whereby employees from Portuguese-speaking countries can circulate in a more flexible rules in terms of immigration, but at the end of the day, you need to apply and secure a work visa to properly and legally work in the country. Despite this limitation, in terms of procedure, it is not hard to secure a work visa in the country as long as the company complies with the nationalization piece. So basically, you are required to have the 70% of workforce comprised by national employees. Companies from the oil sector are subject to additional requirements, but as soon as you meet the mandatory threshold, as soon as you make the, the normal submissions for this nationalization principle to be, to be confirmed by the authorities, you are generally easily entitled to hire expatriates and to carry out international mobility. However, international mobility, as I said, in Angola, you need to consider that Angolan law is the material law applicable to all relationships. And so when carrying out international mobility, the harmonization of the, of the foreign law with the mandatory and quality legal requirements need to be considered because otherwise you will be clearly breaching the law, exposing yourself to fines, audits, which is something that employers need to be aware. So I think in short, Nuno, is if you're going to Angola, call Nuno. <laughs> Indeed. Well, will <laughs> solve the problem for us. Well, we definitely hear our assistants here at Miranda and Miranda Alliance and Basically, we have a fully staffed team at Fatima Freitas uh, and basically we can handle uh, all types of procedures, uh, including immigration. So for sure, we can help clients in, in navigating these requirements. Wonderful. Well, thanks. It's been a very interesting discussion, Nuno. Thanks so much for your time. Okay, pleasure. Pleasure to be here. I'm also excited to announce that we have a new Employment Matters moderator in Africa, and that's going to be Nuno. So let's plan on listening to some of his upcoming shows as he hosts events with our colleagues across the African continent. If you'd like to connect with Nuno, you can find his bio by clicking on his name in the description of this podcast. Please visit us at ela.law. On the website, you can receive invitations to upcoming webinars, download our white papers, get access to on-demand content from our online library or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks so much for listening.